Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Duke Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Well, across the world on the internet and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station, and or FM translator, it is the Michael Duke Show. Hello and good morning to you. Um, it is uh, it is just another beautiful day in paradise. Yep, the post-election day. And, um, well, I mean, is it really post-election? I guess since we're going to have to wait for... Two full weeks, isn't that what it is? Let me let me let me double check the let me double check the math of the calendar here. Yeah, almost two full weeks before we get a chance to uh, understand exactly what's going on uh, within the state of Alaska here, but due to the ranked choice voting and uh, the fact that they have to tabulate all the votes that come in after the postmark, yada yada yada. Uh, it's going to be two full weeks unless some of these candidates. Um, uh, unless some of these candidates are able to secure that 51 votes, 51% of the votes or 50% or more of the votes in the first round, which it's looking more and more like most of them are not going to do. Most of them are not going to have happen. Um, and so we'll get into that today and talk about a few of the big races, um, red wave. That's what everybody was expecting. Red wave. Some were asking for a red tsunami, but, uh, the question is, did we get more of a red? Um, I don't know. This feels like instead of a wave, this is the thing that just washes around your ankles instead. Wasn't the big red wave expected to knock you off your feet instead, just the, uh, just that red, that, that thing that just hits you in the ankles and tugs you a little bit. That's the kind of wave we got yesterday, unfortunately. And <clears throat> there'll be a lot of analysis, I'm sure, as to why it is the why it happened the way that it happened. Um, I, I ascribe to the belief that... Um, a lot of this had to do with the fact that many of the people who are in the middle, who were not Republicans and who were not Democrats, have steered away from what they consider to be a um, what they considered to be a, a less palatable decision. They steered away from the fringes or the extremes. And um, <clears throat> we'll talk about that here in a little bit. This, I think, goes back to what I was talking about. Oh, uh, I don't know. It was yesterday or the day before that they blended together. The two days have blended together. Um, but I think it goes back to, uh, you know, the, the folks in the middle. I think it goes back to those independents and the undeclareds who are not necessarily in either camp, who have not necessarily bought into the 
um, bought into the uh, talking points or agendas of either side. And uh, they're kind of, um, you know, they're they're kind of, uh, I, I think it's kind of to blame as to what's going on. Uh, and that's the intent of ranked choice voting, says Brian. But it's not just here. I mean, we're talking about the red wave across the country that everybody wasn't expecting and anticipating. And uh, I think that um, um, I think we're getting a clearer picture now that uh, in many cases, um, and this is just my opinion, nobody, nobody lose their mind or anything. Uh, in many cases, uh, the help of uh, President Trump and all the baggage that that entails was not necessarily a real helping hand. I mean, we saw that here in the state of Alaska. I don't necessarily think that that's uh, been a huge help. I think in some cases it will drive some of the more moderate or middle of the road folks away because they're concerned about it. Um, but you'll be able to tell me what you think here in just a little bit. We're going to open up the phone lines and talk about that here in a, a few moments uh, before we get into that. Um, we're also going to analyze what we have here. Um, we're going to be able to uh, analyze uh, exactly what we have going on. We've got the latest from the Division of Elections updated as of 2.22 a.m. this morning. I can guarantee you that I was dead asleep at that point, um, or at least tossing and turning. Uh, so uh, that's the uh, that's the latest. We're going to go through that. That is with 96.27% of precincts reporting in, showing a ballot count of about 216,000 Alaskans, which is a 35, almost 36% voter turnout um, with that many precincts reporting in. Uh, so we'll we'll have some analysis of that, and we'll go through all that um, as well this morning. No other guest today, which may or this may or may not be a good idea, considering I'm definitely on the upswing um, uh, from yesterday. Yesterday was a yesterday was a rough uh, was a rough show, um, but today at least my hair has stopped hurting. That yesterday. Everything hurt, including my hair. So today, <clears throat> I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely on the upswing. So uh, I'm feeling a little bit better. So I might be asking you guys to help me out. Let's uh, we'll get some of that conversation going, and uh, and we'll talk about it. Um, all right, but I guess uh, first and foremost, I should remind you that uh, this hour of the program is being brought to you by your friends over there. At Satellite West, from uh, from uh, Ketchumac to uh, all the way up to Anaktuvik to Fort Yukon to Bethel, wherever you are in the state of Alaska, the folks at Satellite West have the connectivity power to make sure that uh, you can send text messages, you can check your email, you can surf the internet, you can make a phone call, whatever it is, they um, they have got the they've got the full They've got the full range and gamut of things to make sure that you stay connected. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com. And, of course, they have local dealers around the state that uh, carry many of their products. So you'll be happy to find that information there as well. Again, special thanks to Satellite West for sponsoring uh, this hour of the program. All right. <clears throat> 
So, um, I don't know. Where should we start? Should we start with the national stuff first, just as a quick uh, as a quick uh, uh, note? Um, looks like um, we are going to not. Republicans are not going to take the Senate. Um, it's possible. Um, uh, it's possible that they still might, but it's not going to be nearly by what they were predicting yesterday. I was watching yesterday at about must have been three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon, which would have been uh, just about poll time, poll close time on the East Coast. And they were still projecting uh, and projecting that um, the Republicans would probably take upwards of five Senate seats. And that has not happened. And in fact, it looks like the Senate may remain in Democratic control. Um, the outcome of the remaining two seats that are still up for grabs, that's Arizona and Nevada, which may not be known for days because uh, they have mail-in ballots, which take a long time to count and they have to wait for them all to arrive. Those are really going to be the two seats which are going to determine which party is going to hold the Senate majority. So we'll have to uh, stay tuned on that. Um, the House election uh, is a little clearer. It looks like that the Republicans will take the House, but the question is by how much, and it looks like it's not nearly going to be as much as it was um, by, uh, by, as they were projected. I guess I'll put it that way. Um, so Red Wave or Red Ripple, as the Associated Press called it, uh, will it carry Republicans uh, down? It's not. It's going to be days and and probably a couple three weeks before they, um, before they figure it out. I mean, both California and again, as I mentioned just now, Arizona and Nevada, all conduct uh, elections by mail, so they have to wait for all the ballots to arrive. Um, it's not like the Tea Party's red wave or Tea Party wave back in 2010. Sorry, a little dry, which uh, netted 63 seats or the Newt Gingrich uh, contract on America, contract for America back in 94. Um, and there just aren't that many. Um, it, it's 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 going to be interesting. There's not that many competitive seats in that result. Um, looks like we're going to have more gridlock in Congress, which I'll be honest with you, is not always a bad thing. Uh, gridlock in Congress is not something that I'm, I mean, I get more worried when they're like, we're going to go down there and we're going to fix the gridlock. Um, you know, Congress was intentionally designed to have gridlock, uh, to make it, you know, harder for, uh, them to do things that would, uh, you know, damage our Liberty. But at the same time, we've gone so far afield and so far astray of what the, you know, initial mission of some of these things were, you know, like creating budgets and some of these other things that uh it's kind of a it's kind of a, a a tough deal all right uh so anyway that's what it looks like on the national level um they have there has been some good news um on governor's races 
And I saw the story last night and I couldn't find it again this morning. But in governor's races, uh, Republicans were doing much better in governor races around the country. Um, and they had there had been some good upsets on that. So uh, you guys can all uh, pay attention to that and and go check that out. But let's get back into the oh, let me I do. I This is something I did want to. Um, this is something I wanted to quote because I read this and I think, you know what? Um, uh, I think that this is, this is insightful analysis. <clears throat> this is insightful analysis by um, Mark Thiessen, who is a conservative columnist for the Washington Post. And he said this about, um, you know, the, the red wave, he goes, look, there is a broader issue, which is think about this. We had the worst inflation in four decades, the worst collapse in real wages in 40 years, the worst crime wave since the 1990s, the worst border crisis in U S history. We have Joe Biden, who is the least popular president since Harry Truman, since presidential polling happened. And there wasn't a red wave. Then he really unleashed. This is a searing indictment of the Republican Party. This is a searing indictment of the message that we have been sending to the voters. They've looked at it all and looked at Republican alternatives and said, no, thanks. That is, the Republican Party needs to do a really deep introspective look in the mirror right now because this is an absolute disaster for the Republican Party. And we need to turn back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is something that we've been saying here in the state of Alaska for many years, right? I mean, here on the program, we've been talking about what's been going on with Republicans and everything else. This is exactly what they need to do. They need to do an introspective. They need to take an introspective look at, uh, at everything that's going on and make a decision from there. Because obviously what's happening is, <clears throat> People are not liking what they're seeing. They looked at it all, looked at the Republican alternatives to everything that's going on. This is on the national scene. And said, no, thank you. <clears throat> if we don't start analyzing this ourselves, you're going to force a way to, um, 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 we're going to, well, anyway. I'm done for this segment. <clears throat> We're going to continue here again, feeling better, but not still 100%. So I apologize if you hear me cough and shuffle and drink water and everything else this morning. All right. We're going to continue here in just a minute. We got more coming up. I'm going to open up the phone lines in the... Uh, I kind of want to go over the numbers first before I open up the phone lines, but um, I'll, go over the, I'll go over the local numbers for the... Uh, for the big national races here and then we'll open up the phone lines how about that how does that sound you like that well you have no way of telling me but i hope you do we're going to be back the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free thinking radio
We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. All right. Let me uh let me get going on here. Uh <laughs> It wasn't a red wave, says Corky. It was a pink tinkle. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was that was that was wrong, but I like it. All right. <clears throat> Next time a pro PFD legislator tells us we need to vote harder, please remind them of the 2022 election, says Chris. Yeah, Chris says it wasn't the red wave. It was more like the red wedding, which is a Game of Thrones reference where a bunch of good people got slaughtered. That's that's not a bad. Wasn't wasn't the red wave. It was the red wedding. Did Palin and Baggage really split the vote and let Mary Waltz in? Well, um, I I don't think you could say that right now, not until you count second round votes, because that's where you're going to see whether. I mean, you knew that they were going to split the vote in the first round anyway. Right. You knew that because they were both stayed in the race. If one of them had dropped out, this would be a whole different deal. But, you know, they're. They, you knew they were gonna. You knew they were gonna split it in the first round anyway. <clears throat> Thinking about moving to Florida, says Sandy. I know, it's a Homer tsunami. Um. Uh, yeah, Alaska may not have seen a red wave, but across the country, we're seeing a whole lot of red. Florida voted DeSantis, Rubio, and Kamak. Yep. I know Florida, Florida really, uh, that was the bellwether. And that was one of the first ones that reported in. And I think that was what really gave a lot of these commentators more hope that the red wave was really happening. And then it kind of stumbled as it made its way across the country, you know, uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, Bill says we're screwed. Uh, I mean, I think we were screwed either way, Bill. I think it's just a matter of, I think it's degrees of screwage. How many degrees of screwage are we talking about? Um, <laughs> DeShana says, I hate it when my hair hurts. Yeah, so did, I mean, I didn't think your hair could hurt, quite honestly. I mean, like every inch of my skin hurt and then my hair. I was like, ow, oh, <laughs> ow. Oh. But at least that's mostly stopped. <clears throat> So I think I'm on the, I think I'm on the uptick. I think I'm on the up uplift here. Um, Sandy, I said early that we can't rely on rank the red or RCV. The D's will always win if we have twice as many candidates as them. They're good at unifying behind one candidate, something the R's just can't seem to execute. This has been my argument for years in this whole thing. <clears throat> uh, turnout in the hook was really good. Took his wife 90 minutes, said, Brian, I know I made the mistake of going up there right as the school let out. And I forgot about school times and took me longer to actually drive into the parking lot than it did to go vote because I had to wait for all the parents 
pardon me, I had to wait for all the parents that were there to pick up their kids to get a parking spot. Um, Friggin' NBC wouldn't even acknowledge Kelly Shibaka last night, only showed Murkowski running against that unknown Democrat. Well, they got a big surprise then, didn't they, since Kelly is ahead? But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm shocked that the ConCon has so few votes. Is actually one anyone read the state conference? Though that was a dark money thing. I mean, they spent millions of dollars on that. Um, <clears throat> uh, la 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 la. Um, fear is a powerful persuasion. No ConCon. Um, good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Kiss our PFD goodbye. Get ready for taxes. Idiots will be idiots. Uh, we're coming down. I haven't even got a chance to get down to the end here. Um, we'll see. We'll see what's going on. All right. Republicans are really good at dividing their base, says Matt on YouTube. Yep. You're, you're not wrong. Here we go. Welcome back to the program. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. All right. So, um, hi, there's a lot of, there's a lot of saltiness going on here in the chat room today. I mean, it's not unexpected. Don't get me wrong, but uh, a lot of saltiness going on here. All right. So, uh, Let's take a look at what's going on. I mean, first and foremost, I guess we should uh, put us all out of our misery and uh, and uh, you know and and eliminate the elephant in the room. Um, rank, excuse me, I apologize. <clears throat> Not rank choice voting. Constitutional convention. That's what I was looking for. The ballot question for constitutional convention. Uh, the ballot question has failed. There, I mean, just there's just no two ways about it. A hundred and thirty-six thousand people voting against it, with just fifty-seven thousand people for it. It was almost, well, it's two to one at least, maybe three to one by the time it's all said and done. Um, and I would say a big result of that uh, was. The dark money that was being funneled against it. Um, but I think people are just uh, genuinely, I think people were genuinely nervous about it. And it's an unknown. And most people doesn't under, don't understand how the Constitutional Convention works. And they didn't necessarily take the time to educate themselves on it. So it was easy to lay into that and lean into that trap of uh, it's too dangerous to do it. I saw yesterday afternoon. I was, uh, I was, uh, laying on the couch, um, watching, <clears throat> watching YouTube. And in the hour that I was sitting there watching YouTube, I saw, 
I kid you not, at least six vote no uh, on the Constitutional Convention ad. Six different ads. I mean, they were like they put a lot of work into creative and everything else. I mean, they they poured some money into that thing. So uh, yeah, <clears throat> no no surprise there, my friends. Um, but I mean, I was hoping that it would be closer. I was hoping that they might be uh, a little scared or afraid of that. But nope. Now they're all now they're all going to be emboldened. Um, uh, good luck, good luck, uh, protecting our permanent fund here in the future. Right. Because you know, now they know that Alaskans aren't going to really get in there and try and fix any of this stuff. Um, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the, the disastrous things there. Um, all right. Uh, on the, uh, gubernatorial front, <clears throat> On the gubernatorial front, uh, currently right now, Mike Dunleavy is uh, with uh, 83. This is as of midnight. Let me get the latest ones because this is midnight that uh, Downing was reporting on this. Uh, Here we go. Senator, Representative, Governor, Lieutenant Governor. Okay. So as of 222 this morning with uh, 90, what did I say? 96.27% of the precincts reporting in. Uh, Governor Mike Dunleavy is currently sitting at 52.4%, which means if that number holds, there will be no round two. There will, the second place votes do not matter at that point. If he holds at 52.4% with all the votes and all the precincts and all the votes coming in, that's it. He's done. Mike Dunleavy will be the governor again. Uh, Pierce, uh, Charlie Pierce uh, gleaned four and a half percent of the votes. He's got about uh, ninety seven hundred votes there. But um, even for those who, like me, voted for Pierce first and Dunleavy second, he's got another four or five percent to play with there. and uh, so I, I think it's pretty much assured at this point that uh, it's pretty much assured that Mike Dunleavy is going to uh, be governor again for another four years. Uh, that 52 percent is pretty is pretty solid. Um, uh, but again, that's we still have to wait for the absentees and the the absentee ballots and any other. You know, I don't know any any other kind of late voting ballot or things. Who knows? Maybe maybe they'll find a box of ballots somewhere. Anyway, fifty two percent for Dunleavy um, in the uh, in the big race. Now, uh, the one that is on a surface looks good is the uh, race for uh u.s senate because what we're seeing right now is we're seeing uh we're seeing uh kelly shabaka with a with a nice chunky two and a half two points two point lead uh unfortunately that uh that whoops wrong one that doesn't help that doesn't uh, that doesn't necessarily help at the moment because 
Um, that means that uh, Lisa Murkowski is only two points behind. Um, and we still have all of Pat Chesbro's, um, Pat Chesbro's, uh, uh, votes to be counted in the second round. Again, I apologize, guys. I'm having a hard time here with the, with the, uh, synaptic processes. <laughs> it's amazing that I remember what the word synaptic meant. All right. Um. Let me pull this up on the screen so folks can take a look at this with me here. You can, if you want, we're, we're looking at this online as well um, as we go through it. Um, currently, Kelly Shibaka has 44.36% um, uh, of the vote, 44.36% of the uh, current vote right now. And uh, Lisa Murkowski at 42.69%. Uh, now that being said, Buzz Kelly, who pulled out of the race, you know, and endorsed Shabaka, but still, even though he's not, this is the same thing. Like he still got 3% of the vote. Apparently you're always going to get that candidate. That's going to get 3% of the vote, whether or not they're in the race or not. Um, but he got 3% of the vote. Um, and then Pat Chesbro got almost a full nine and a half percent or got just over nine and a half percent of the vote. So while this looks really good for Kelly here in the beginning at 44.36%, even if you add her 44.36% to 2.92, you still only get 48% of the vote. That would mean that either <clears throat> that that would mean that Pat Chesbro's no, that would mean that they would have to break her way. That's what that would mean. That would mean that those second place votes for Pat Chesbro, because there's going to be there's going to be two rounds, right? So this is the first. I mean, there's going to be three rounds. This is the first round, and what's going to happen is Buzz Kelly is going to be eliminated with just under three percent of the vote. That's round two. His votes are going to be reapportioned. Right now, probably most of them are going to go to Kelly Chewbacca. Um, and then that, but that will only, even if she got all of them, that would only take her up just to, just to uh, 48.2 something percent. Then you'd have the third round. And in this point, Pat Chesbro will be eliminated. And now you have to apportion 48% to 42%. And that means that she would have to break off 3% of Pat Chesbro's second place votes. Pat Chesbro, the Democrat, who is running, who is running, who is running on a uh, pro-abortion, pro-gun control, pro-social justice platform. Now, of Lisa Murkowski and Kelly Shabaka, which one of those do you think fits the Pat Chesbro mold? That would mean one third of those voters would have to vote for Kelly. I, I mathematically, I think this is a tough one. Mathematically, I don't know as this is possible. I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I want to be realistic. Don't know if it's possible. End of story. Okay. Um, so that's the Senate race. 
God, I feel depressed now. That's the Senate race. Let's move on to the uh, the uh, representative race. All right. Let's uh, let's move on here a bit to the uh, uh, House of Rep. Why can't I get it to? Man, this is just making me so tired. Uh, this is the uh, this is the U.S. Senate race here. Uh, all right, there we go. The U.S. Uh, House of Representatives, rather. Uh, House of Representatives. And of course, uh, it lead it leading right now is leading right now is Mary Peltola. Peltola has forty seven percent of the vote. Now, I will remind you that in August, during the primary, she had forty percent of the vote and went on to win. This is going to be, this is going to be tough. Sarah Palin is second with 26.62. Nick Begich is third with 24.7%. And the Libertarian, my man, Chris By, 1.74% of the vote. This, too, is going to have to have three rounds. So this is the first round. Right. Chris Bai is going to drop off. Uh, if you're anything like me, you went ahead and you ranked Nick Beggage in second place. So if that's the case, then Nick Beggage and Sarah Palin will be close to a dead heat. Now, this is the question. This is the question. How close does it make it? Because, um, I mean, and I'm, you know, let's just make the, the wicked assumption that, um, that uh, Chris By all of his votes are, uh, all of his votes are, end up going to, uh, to, to uh, uh, Baggage, Nick Baggage. Let's just, let's just say that. So we got, sorry. We got 24.27% for Nick plus 1.74% for Chris. That's 2601. Here's the problem. That's still not as many as Palin. If every Chris by vote went to Nick baggage, it's still, it's still not enough. Because Palin is at 26.62. It's half a percentage point shy. So that means that in the third round, the lowest vote counter is kicked to the curb. And that would mean it would be head-to-head between Sarah Palin and Mary Peltola. Now, assuming that all of Nick's voters ranked Sarah Palin second, which is no guarantee, but let's just assume that they did. Then that means that uh, between that and 26.62, it could be 52% Palin. So that is what I'm assuming is going to be the likely outcome of this, is that it's going to be a showdown between Mary Peltola and Sarah Palin. The question is, did Nick Begich's supporters listen to what he said and rank the red? Did they rank Sarah Palin second? 
Again, this is with 96% of the precincts reporting in. If those numbers change at all, there could, I mean, we're only talking about half a percentage point. If Chris buys numbers wrapped up into Nick Baggage's, it's only half a percentage point. So maybe, just maybe, it could be a Baggage versus Peltola. But as far as I can do the numbers, and again, I'm not feeling 100%, so don't, you know, you may come back at me later and want to chew me up. But as far as I can do the numbers, it looks like it's going to be a Peltola Palin race in the end. All right. Uh, we got to take a break. Uh, we got to take a break. We're going to be back with more. Don't go anywhere. We're going to open up the phone lines next as I go through all the uh, all the standalone races here in the state. We'll be back with more of the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't forget, you can come out and join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. Back with more right after this. What is that? Common Sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Like Michael Duke Show. Radio. Okay. Well, that was depressing, huh? Huh? Harold, I might die. I actually agree with Harold. Your 2023 PFD is going to be well under $1,000. If we get a $200 PFD, I would be surprised. Well, I, I would not be unsurprised if we get a sub $1,000 PFD. Um... Uh, the southern border of Arizona, all vote blue. They deserve what's coming. My retirement to Florida looks good. Oof, man. Um, okay. Let's see. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going backwards here. All of a sudden, my things. Um, all of a sudden, my things just backed up here. You're being, Dukes, you're making excuses and being a sore loser. Just take your L and move on. I wasn't being, I was said I was depressed by it. I mean, I don't know what I was making excuses about. I was trying to give some insightful analysis. Sorry. Oh, man. Uh... People should have supported Chris Kirka in the primary. If we'd supported Chris Kirka in the primary, I don't think we'd have Dunleavy as governor, quite honestly. Although, based on the numbers that we have right now, wait, let me go back to that. Based on the numbers we have right now, I don't know as it would have mattered. I don't know as it would have mattered. Because he's at 52% already. So, Alex, I don't necessarily think you're, you know, I don't think you're. Um, the right-leaning moderates will always be pulled left over hardline issues like abortions. Republicans need to come up with a national campaign. We can't govern past the power that is given. Oof, man, you guys are like, I'm, you guys were so verbose. I, it take me all of the entire break to go through every comment here. I'm trying to get through it here. 
did you see that Mike Shower caught a guy destroying one of his big signs, got it all on video on his phone, and turned it over to the police? No, I didn't. The push for, inf- uh, here's uh, Colleen Sullivan Leonard, the push for abortion was more important than inflation and liberal women came out to vote. That's true. I mean, that was a big push. That was a big part of it. Um, I just want to know who's going to take down all these road signs. That's a good question. Um, okay. They may not like Republicans, so they must love high gas, food, and other prices. Things are going to get worse. Buckle up. I I think you're you're right. Thanks to Palin for getting Peltola elected. Well, I think we've already said that before. I think we have already said that before. Stutes is going back. Concon uh, Con lost two to one. That's not just dark money, um, says Chris. Free, free, free is the mantra that sells. Um, why did people vote for Buzz Kelly? Kelly Chewbacca would be over 50% if they didn't vote for somebody who dropped out of the race. That's not necessarily true. I pointed that out here a minute ago that even with that, that it's not in it's not enough uh to overcome the pat chesbro number but i mean i'm with you i understand what you're saying right with this and this it's 48 point something percent this is the problem right here this is the problem the 9.54 percent for chesbro that's that's the problem but yeah i still ask why people why do you vote for somebody who's dropped out of the race Um, uh, so many blah, blah, blah. Republicans are really bad at knowing the records of candidates, how Kelly Merrick and Nat Sandler got elected beats me. Yeah. Well, it's because people, it's because people don't pay attention. They don't pay attention or they believe what they're told on the news or on the TV or on the idiot box or the radio or whatever. They don't do their own research. Um, um, small positive. My wife was a hard no on the con con. She was buying into the terror campaign of the no cable, the internet persuaded her to watch the Shelley Hughes essay changed her mind. Um, I was incredibly disappointed in the con con failing, but it didn't help that a number of so-called Republican candidates said it was a bad idea and that they wouldn't be voting for it again. That's, uh, you know, Right. Um, uh, local, uh, there's a con con, good old boy politics. Uh, I went Pierce, then Dunleavy, bummered for same thing. Um, Cliff Grove, find out the ballot boxes. Oh my God. Um, so many comments. Good morning. Uh, and thank you for commenting. And I'll try and get caught up. Here we go. The Michael Duke show.
All right. Well, let's see. I suppose I should. Uh, I suppose I should vote. I suppose I should vote. My God. I'm better. I'm not cured. All right. That's what I'm saying. I suppose I should turn the phone lines on. That was what I had promised to do before we went to break. And then I got. And then I got uh, subsumed here into the machine. Thanks for calling the call in line or the Michael Duke. That means that the phone lines are now open. So let's get uh, let's get some calls in here if you would like to sound off. And I'm sure that there will be some lamentations and, uh, you know, rending of clothing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, people upset about things. But, I, you know, I want your I want your thoughts. I want your analysis of this. Now we're going to jump into it on some of the other races and take a look at what's going on um, uh, in some races that are, you know, easily called because they have only one candidate or whatever in them. So we're going to start off over there, and uh, we're going to see what you guys have to say. Are you all ready? Are you all ready? Let's uh, let's let's get this let's get this going on. All right, all right. Here we go. Um, here we go. I got phone lines just like pow pow pow. Let me get through some of these things first, shall we? Uh, all right. So we knew that uh, Bert Stedman was going to win. All right, 68% for Stedman um, in uh, District A against Mike Sheldon. Um, strong, no no other real candidate. That was just, that was it. And as much as I admire Mike Sheldon, he's not the candidate for the job. It's just, he's not, he, he, you need a polished candidate to go in there and, and do this. Unfortunately, didn't happen. Bert Stedman's back. Jesse Keel's in, no problem. Um, here's the interesting thing. Uh, Heath Smith, Gary Stevens, Walter Jones. Three rounds, uh, 55% for Gary Stevens, three candidates rather, not rounds, three candidates. But Stevens, 55%. If that, if that takes, then that's it, boys and girls, 55%. Tuckerman Babcock, uh, Jesse Bjorkman, and Andy Sizek. Sizek? I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Um, 46 for Jesse, 41 for Tuckerman, and Andy's got 11. So this is going to uh, this is going to uh, turn over. The question is, who votes for whom? Who gets the second place votes of Andy Sizek? Um, it would have to break. Uh, almost exclusively to Tuckerman to be able to get that. So I don't know what that says about District D uh, other than, uh, <clears throat> wow. Uh, Roger Holland, Kathy Giesel. This one's too close to call. You got Rosalind Casey, um, who is uh, is the Democrat in the race. And, it's going to depend here on how her votes break in the long run. Um, I'm assuming that they're going to break probably more for Kathy than they are for Roger, but this thing is neck and neck. It's it's like 0.3% difference between Holland and Giesel at this point. Too close to call. We won't see what happens on this one, 
but a good voter turnout in that district, 45% voter turnout in that district. James Kaufman has uh, handily defeated Janice Park, the Democrat. So James Kaufman, with 50, almost 56% of the vote, moves forward. L.V. Gray Jackson versus Marcus Sanders in District G, 54%. She walks away. Matt Clayman uh, right now is uh, just over one point ahead of Mia Costello. If these numbers true out with the remaining, this is 100% of the precincts reporting in. So it looks like Matt Clayman is, looks like it's done. Looks like Matt Clayman is going to uh, uh, to come in uh, at, uh, he has 50.45% of the vote. That was a squeaker. Squeaker. So Matt Clayman is going to be in there. This is already not looking good. Um, I haven't reviewed all these yet, so we're all living together in this together. Uh, Heather Herndon and Loki uh, Tobin, um, the Tobin, the Democrat, uh, 65%. He is, yeah, uh, Loki is actually a woman, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, Loki Tobin, I apologize if. If you're not, I didn't mean to assume your gender. Uh, Garen Tarr, Forrest Dunbar, Andrew Satterfield. Dang, Forrest Dunbar whooped Garen Tarr. That is pretty astonishing. So what's going to happen here is you're going to have, um, more than likely, it's going to be Forrest Dunbar because the write-ins are less than a percent. And then you got Darren Garen Tarr's votes, and I can guarantee you that probably many of her second choice voters are going to Forrest Dunbar. So it looks like Forrest Dunbar will be a senator. Uh, Bill Wilikowski is fifty-six uh, percent. He's defeated John Cunningham. Uh, Kelly Merrick. Def- <laughs> I've lost all faith in humanity. Kelly Merrick defeating Ken McCarty. This just, I mean, this is the excuse, folks. This is what she needed. She just needed an excuse to continue doing what she was doing. District M, Shelly Hughes wins again. Um, In District N, which is in the Valley, David Wilson is ahead of both Stephen Wright and Scott Clayton. Um, looks like Clayton will be kicked in the next round and his second place votes will go out. Um, this could come down to a, to a, a shootout between, uh, Wilson and Wright, maybe get closer, but I, I don't know. All, almost all of Clayton's second place votes would have to go to Wright to make a difference here, but we'll, we'll have to see Mike shower. Yes. Mike Schauer with 100% of the precincts reporting in, 52.41%. Mike Schauer is going back to the Senate. There is some light in the world. There is some light in the world. Uh, Jim Matherly, Scott Kawasaki, and Alex Jaffra, uh, 49% right now for Scott Kawasaki with 100% of the precincts reporting in. So, uh What's going to happen there? Again, Alex Jaffra's uh, second place votes will have to go to Jim Matherly. All of them would have to go to Jim Matherly to push him over the top. That's going to be close. I mean, that's going to be real close. And then uh, Rob Myers, of course, handily coming in 64% in his uh, race there in the interior, 64% for Rob Myers. 
And then Elijah Verhagen, click Bishop. It's 56% for Bishop. So good old boys club is going forward. Lyman Hoffman out in the villages against Willie Keppel, 62% for Hoffman. So it's all, it's all, that's the Senate. And I'm sorry I didn't get to the phone calls, um, but we're up against the break and we're going to come back. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you during the commercial break and we're going to come back. And we will continue the Michael Duke show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Hour two is dead ahead. We'll have more breakdown across the state right now, but well, let's just say it's not looking great. Back with more right after this. I mean, aren't I supposed to be excited about this? The fact that now I'll have something to talk about for the next number of months. Fill in the number of months here in the blank. I mean, that's... Well... This is the quote of the day. I've seen this three times already. Well, the wife wants to move to Florida. I mean, talk about a difference. I mean, talk about the just weird. All right. I got three lines on hold. And guys, I'm so sorry. I just got into the role there and I apologize. Uh, I'm going to talk to each one of you in turn. If you don't want to wait through the break, because I'm going to take your calls immediately after we come back from the break. Just tell me you don't want to wait. That's fine. Uh, but let's go over here right now. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Layla from Fairbanks. Hey, Layla. You going to hold on for me? You're going to be first. Yes. All right. Layla from Fairbanks. Let me uh, <clears throat> let me edit that to make sure that I know what I'm talking about here. Uh, Layla, FBX. Okay. Um, all right. We had one drop off, which is fine. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Ray at North Pole. All right, Ray, you hold the line. You will be number two in the queue. And then we'll, that's it. We just got the two of you. So we got Ray in North Pole and Layla in Fairbanks. Uh, okay. The take it took. Okay. Now, let me go back to you guys and your verbosity. Verbosity. Um, oh, okay. Let me go back here to see what's going on here. Um, um, last night, saw last night that 75% of America was disappointed in the direction we were going, yet here we are stuck in the middle with you. Sis Lord. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Okay. Um, and they won't. Alex Jaffer says he would rather have Scott Kawasaki in there than Jim Matherly. And he told his people that, well, I mean, you hope they listen to you, but sometimes people just go in to vote for a Republican because it's a Republican, right? Uh, <laughs> Florida depressing heat, hurricanes and palm trees. There you go. Um, Eskimo Libertarian says she's at 30%. I haven't pulled the numbers from the district or from the, uh, from the borough. Um, okay. Uh, voters. Okay. 
Good riddance to bad rubbish. Oof. Okay. Uh, wow, what a mess. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going outside to clear my head, breathe in the dark morning air, shake my head as I walk around. All right. Looks like Florida is getting a wave of Alaskans next summer. Um. Okay. There we go. If only more indigenous creatures got our vote, super lame. And snakes and Yankees. Okay. All right. I'm I got caught up. Whoops. I got caught up. I gotta hide that comment. I got caught up in all the comments. Look at that. All right. What more could you ask for? Um I wow. Layla's, I know Layla's on the phone right here. I don't want to steal her thunder on this, but I see that she's commented in the chat room. Uh, DeSantis's historic win means Trump can be encouraged to become the experienced advisor in the shadows. That will be the narrative anyway. It speaks well for 2024. DeSantis Gabbard would be a moderate choice and appeal to most Republicans and independents and moderate. That would be amazing. Um, a DeSantis Gabbard ticket. Especially... Uh, with the way that Tulsi Gabbard uh, just, I mean, she did such a great job and the whole leaving of the parties kind of thing. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was just an amazing speech that she gave there at the end. I thought that was uh, fantastic. Um, yeah, that would be, that would be some good stuff right there. That would be some good stuff. Um, PFD is history. Senator Shower doesn't have enough fingers to plug the holes in all the legislative dikes. Um, yeah, well, it's up to us to fight this stuff. You know, you know, I mean, that's the thing. We have to have to fight it. Um, okay. Oh, sorry. I'm still reading some stuff here. Okay. All right. We're all caught up. Did you hear Trump back in this nicknaming? He is now saying Ron Sanctimonious. That's so childish. I mean, I know everybody here loves Trump so much and I just, I've never seen it in the guy. I just, the whole kind of, the, I, I just, that whole thing never, st I mean, I've never, even when he was on TV, I'd be like, yeah, I'd just change the channel because I just don't care for his style, let alone the fact that he. Anyway, I just hate that. The little. The naming things, nicknaming. Um, yeah, even without the con con as Alaskans, we must keep fighting to fight must must keep fighting for our state i couldn't agree more with you terry it doesn't mean we got to quit it's, we just got to keep got to keep at it as best we can it's all we can do this next this next session is going to be <laughs> this next session is going to be a hot mess let's just put it that way all right we're going to jump back into it here we go hour two dead ahead the michael duke show common sense radio
Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Around the world on the internet and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. And of course, on the uh, website at MichaelDukeShow.com, where you can pick up the live stream and the uh, audio only stuff and the podcast and all that other thing. Hey, good morning. Welcome to it. It is the Michael Duke Show, our two post-election day and baby. It is, um, it's kind of a blue funk out today, folks. It's kind of a blue, and I didn't mean that like red anyway. It's kind of funky out there. Uh, we're about to talk about some of the, uh, f- some of the uh, other things, but I wanted to get to the phone calls. They've been on hold for quite a while, and I apologize to them, but I appreciate them holding through. Uh, we've got through a lot of the different races. We're going to continue on with the house races here in a minute, but first let's go over and talk to Layla, who's in Fairbanks. Layla. What is on your mind this morning? Good morning, Michael. I called in to white tell people. You t- to to what people? To white tell people? So here's the thing: to white tell. White tell is where you, instead of looking at everything as being really really bad, you look at things as the glass is half full. Okay, optimistic. Okay, I'm 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 down so, with that. White tell. Okay. Yes. So I was hoping that nationally we would upset the apple cart and we would send a message to the Democrats that their message is bad. Stop. That didn't happen, which means that things are going to get worse, which means that next time by 2024, people will be willing to vote for change. I hope. That's why I said DeSantis Gabbard. 2024 wouldn't that be an interesting choice he's the the new ronald reagan um i would not i have a really bad echo by the way i'm sorry i apologize i I can't do anything about that right now but um i agree with you for those of you who don't know what she's talking about um she uh wrote in the chat room that DeSantis's historic win means trump can be encouraged to become the experienced advisor in the shadows that will be the narrative anyway it speaks well for 2024 DeSantis gabbard 2024 would be a moderate choice appealing to most republicans independents and moderate democrats and I agree with you. I think Tulsi Gabbard would be an amazing choice. She is, I mean, I've liked her, even though she's a Democrat or has been up until now. Um, she is more of what you'd call like the blue dog Democrat, right? I mean, the old school Zell Miller type Democrat. Yeah. She's a very libertarian person. And you can hear that in the things that she says. In 2016, um, I voted for the libertarian candidate. I was not voting for Trump because, like you, I cannot stand the man as a person. 
but I would have voted for Tulsi had she gotten the nomination as a Democrat. Yeah. Well, and of course, now in her in her very visible split with the Democratic Party, I think she she handled that amazingly well and got the coverage that she needed and the press that she needed to show that she is different than what we're seeing in the AOCs of the world today. Right. So I think uh, I think that's a good thing. The, The other thing which I mentioned in the chat room is that, okay, it looks like Maxine Divert's going to win over Bart Lebon. Bye-bye, Bart. Don't let the door hit in the butt. <laughs> but I, I did vote for him but because I, I don't like Maxine's um, politics. But listen to this. I've known her since she was three or four years old. She is a reasonable person. She is a native Democrat. She's one of those people that I think is a Democrat by default because she's Alaska native. Right. She's reasonable. She can be talked to. Um, I think she could be swung in a good direction, especially if she if we end up with a Republican majority and she can be encouraged to join them, because if she's surrounded by people who are talking good sense, she will listen. All right. Well, I can only hope. And so thank you for giving us a dose of optimism today. Layla, we needed it for sure. Well, I appreciate sure. that. All right. Uh, All right. Got uh, six more lines on hold. Uh, Ray is in North uh, in North Pole. Ray, what's on your mind? Hello? All right. Maybe Ray didn't stick with us. Let's go over to the next caller. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hmm. I hate to hang up on them because they were on hold for 20 minutes. Uh, good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Ray from North Pole. Oh, okay. You must have called back. Good morning, Ray. What's on your mind? Yeah. Yeah, instead of a red wave, it sounds like the Republicans got a case of the red ass. <laughs> they, got, they got red and, something. Uh, yeah, for sure. There's two. There's two reasons for that. Before I go into my spiel, I'd like to mention that uh, it's, it sounds like you're either trying to draw honey through a straw too much or not enough. Because it sounds like you got something stuck in your nose. Maybe you need to blow that out. I could. I might. I might do that here eventually. Um, I'll keep. I'll keep doing it. It's either that or I'm trying to do cocaine live on the air. Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, 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 no. I wouldn't say that. Now, what's hurting the Republican Party is not just in Alaska, but nationwide, is there's supposed to be a separation between church and state. And the Republicans get on their ads, and it's like they're in the pulpit in the church. And they need to put that aside. There's supposed to be a separation of church and state in the Constitution. The second thing is the majority of Alaskans voted in... uh, Abortions. So did they in America. And they keep pounding that and and they need to listen to the citizens and the voters and realize that's not the major issue. Um I'm anyway, yeah, that's no, what uh, well, I'm I gonna, for today. Thank uh, you. Uh, okay, well let me say this first before I mean there is no 
there's nothing in the Constitution about the separation of church and state. That's a misnomer. It was actually in letters written later on um, where it's mentioned by some of the framers that that is, you know, in their mind. But there's nothing in the Constitution about separation of church and state. That being said, I would agree with you that I think that any time a politician gets into, like you said, pulpit mode, it has a tendency. I mean, you're, you're definitely talking to your base, but your voting block is more than just your base. You have to, again, reach out into the middle field. So I would agree with you that sometimes some of that stuff should be toned down um, just to, you know, so that you can bring more people under the tent. It doesn't mean that you have to change who you are. It just means that you don't throw it out there at the first opportunity. Uh, on the abortion issue, I disagree with you. I think the abortion issue is important. I think it's the murder of the unborn, and I think we should be fighting on it. I think it's something we should be fighting over uh, and doing what we need to do. That's just that's just me. Uh, appreciate your call, Ray. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Mike from Palmer. Hey, Mike. What's on your mind? Uh, well... I was I was going through the numbers uh, on the as things stand right now on the election for the House and Senate. It looks like we've got twenty three with R's at the end of their name, twenty three or twenty four in the House. The question is, we're talking some real rhinos that that got reelected, like um, uh, students and and some others. So the big question there is going to be, are they going to caucus with the Democrats like they did this last, in this last four years? So that's, that's a big question. Because I think, you know, well, I was hoping Kathy Tilton was going to end up being the Speaker of the House. Depending on how this thing goes, we could end up with a Louis Stutes again or, right. or Bryce Edgman, uh, and that would not be good. And the one that, the area that really concerns me is the Senate. Because if Kathy Giesel ends up uh, winning over Roger, uh, which I'm hoping like hell that doesn't happen, but it's so close, I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm betting. I'm betting that we only right now we have 11 R's in the Senate, and I'm counting six rhinos instead of the four that we had. Now we got six. And if Kathy gets in, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they make her Senate president again. And when that happens, we're totally hosed when it comes down to the PFD, when it comes down to the budget, when it comes down to the governor. I mean, the governor won handily, but he, there's not a single constitutional amendment that he's going to put forward that they're going to go along with. Right. And that's what, that's what really concerns me. Well, this yeah, is, we may have the R's in the, in the Senate and the House, but I think there's enough rhinos in those R's that are really going to screw this whole thing up. Well, this is exactly what Brad Keithley was talking about yesterday with this election, is that if we do end up with a fractured legislature, which it's looking more and more likely that that, that will probably happen, that even as a lame duck governor, he could want to do some heavy lifting. He could want to do some things like constitutional. But again, he's got to have somebody who's going to play ball with him. And if we've got a fractured legislature, that doesn't help us. 
And, uh, and unfortunately, and this was a thing, quite honestly, this was a theme that we were seeing, not just in Alaska, <clears throat> but across the states uh, in the lower 48. Uh, several of the commentators are commenting on it. I mean, you know, look at this. We've got this governor wins by a landslide and uh, or this senator wins by a landslide. Yet the House seats completely go the opposite direction. So you got everybody voting for a Republican in this seat, but then they turn around and vote for a Democrat. I mean, I just think that it just shows that people are not as unified or as uh, monolithic as people like to think they are in the way that they think that maybe more and more people are independent and are voting for people based on personality uh, as well as on uh, philosophy, I think, in the long run. Yeah, and and I and I think you got a, you know, you got a good point on that. And then when it comes down to Sarah, uh, I made no bones about it. I've been a Nick Bakich, uh supporter since since he he got into the race, and um, I'm hoping that there's enough that we do get enough of his second choice of going to Sarah that we can beat Batola. But I've still, you know, I think. Even if Sarah ends up winning this because of that, she's not winning this with any type of mandate from the people of the state of Alaska. True. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, she's she she's she's been the she's been the she's been the worst person that split the vote. And I'm not gonna I'm never gonna forgive her for for what she has done. But if she becomes our 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 congressperson. We'll work, I'll work with her as all as I can, but I know damn well if she follows through what she did as governor, you'll never get hold of her, talk to her. You'll never have a chance to get an answer back from her because she never once responded back to any questions when she did with, when she was governor. Yeah. And I don't expect that 4,000 miles away. That's right. my take on Sarah. But. Well, I appreciate your call, my friend. Thank you for sounding off this morning. Let me get to one last call before we run out of time. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole, and I call to uh, congratulate you on your venture into uh, mathematical gymnastics during your first hour. <laughs> it was uh, w- without a doubt the finest indictment of loud choice voting I've yet heard. Yeah, no, I mean you could see it. You can look at it when you look at the raw numbers, the way they're coming out. You could see exactly how, uh, and especially with Murkowski, you could see that this was built specifically for Murkowski and for her opportunity to win. And um, and and quite honestly, it probably will allow her to do so. Unfortunately. Well said. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate your call. All right. Um, That brings us up to the break. And uh, when we get back, we're going to... We're going to go over the house races. (laughs) Sorry. I'm better, but I'm just not perfect yet. All right? Gosh, man, you guys are so hard on me. All right. uh, We're going to be back. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Okay, uh, in the break, 106 people right now. Um, 106 people watching us across the different platforms. Could you guys do me a favor and uh, would you share? 
Would you hit the share button? Wherever you're watching it, there's a share button around there somewhere. So feel free to feel free to share this show. And then don't forget to like and follow the show page on Facebook or if you're on YouTube. I would suggest that you uh, subscribe and ring the bell. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm just my back is killing me. It just like it's spasming or something. I don't know. It's the it's the telltale ends. I've got the bends. I've got the bends. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. Um, I've told people to rank Rosalind Casey, Casey with Roger Holland. I hope they did because Geisel is not much different from Roger in votes. Same day voting is often more conservative. Well, we'll, we'll see exactly. Laura says exactly. There are more. There are more in the true middle. Party needs to wake up and start courting the middle. Who will be better at that? Well, I'd like to think that the Republicans could be better at that, but uh, because the Democrats have turned out to be the most intolerant, tolerant people you've ever seen. But I mean, you know. Um, okay. Gabbard has to campaign. Gabbard has to campaign for conservatives and libertarians for a long time before we put her in party leadership. I maybe, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't, I, I, I don't know. Um, I agree. Babies need a voice. They can't fight for themselves. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm all about, we should stop murdering unborn citizens. Shouldn't we? I would just think that that would be a good thing. Can we please, (laughs) this is Bill, Bill, you never, you never, you never disappoint. Can you please grab a fresh bottle of lube before we do the house races? Yep. Yep. Chewbacca was ahead last time I looked by 3,500 votes. Yes, Lou, but I went through the analysis early on. I did the mathematical gymnastics, as Ron just said, and I showed you how it's highly unlikely that Kelly's going to win at this point. Highly unlikely. That's for sure. Michael is having Fetterman moments today. Hey, come on. The guy had a stroke. I didn't have a stroke, but I'm still, you know, not quite there as we go. Um, uh, We'll give you a break. This is Terry giving me a pass. We'll give you a break since you're not well. Nobody's brain functions at all cylinders when sick. I mean, I feel pretty good. This is the third day. I mean, I dodged the COVID bullet for two and a half years, right? This is the third day of, and I'm, I'm a hundred percent better than when I was on Monday. Monday was, well, actually yesterday almost felt worse than Monday, but I feel better than I did yesterday for sure. So there you go. What am I taking? I'm taking zinc and vitamin D and vitamin B12 and C. That's pretty much it. And some Advil because ow, ow, ow. Um, all right. Uh, we want to hear your chat with shower tomorrow. Um, however you look at it, Trump did great things for the country. All you, 
all you that are butthurt because you don't like the way he talks is a reason why you didn't vote for him. That's what's wrong. No, uh, Trump did a few good things for the country. Um, a lot of things he did were not great. Um, I know he's got all his talking points in order showing you what a great job that he did. There were several things that he did that were very good. But I will tell you right now, um, I mean, we could have a whole show on this, Damien. Um, that I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it today. But no. Just no. Um, all right. Uh, we're getting ready to jump in. Um, getting ready to jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Uh, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. Okay, fine. Um, all right. Uh, we are back and ready. Uh, one, uh, <laughs> we got two segments left, but uh, we're about to go through the house race. And uh, this is, uh, try. I'm trying not to be Debbie Downer. Layla was right. We should, you know, we should be glass half full. I mean, the glass half full reaction to this whole thing across the entire country is, well, great. We didn't get, uh, you know, we didn't get that red wave. We didn't get that mandate from people that things had to change. So some of these Democrats are going to double down over the next two years. And when it comes to 2024, uh, there'll be a whole new reason why to vote them all out of office. That's for sure. That is for sure. Um <clears throat> Let's um, let's go through here. Some people are asking about the Shabaka Murkowski race, which I analyzed earlier in the last hour and mathematically broke it down. We will do it again here in just a second, um, and uh, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. But let's go back to uh, let's go back to the um, results of the election here in the state of Alaska. We've already been through the Senate race. We've been through the governor's race. We saw that the Constitutional Convention went down two and a half to one. It may be nearly three to one by the time it's already by the time it's all finished. But let's um, let's go over and take a look here at the House race. Um, all right. So remember, with ranked choice voting, anytime a candidate gets over 50% of the vote in the first round with 100% of the precincts reporting in, that means it's an outright win. Okay, whether it's two or three candidates, it doesn't matter if any candidate gets over 50% of the vote in the first round, that's an automatic win. There are no more counting. There's no more counting. There's no more rounds of votes, right? Your second, your third place, whatever, none of those count. Whoever gets the first one over 50% wins. House District 1, Daniel Ortiz, the uh, incumbent, nonpartisan incumbent, um, is uh, uh, going back to Juneau. Um, and uh, he is 51.59% uh, against Jeremy Bynum. That was a pretty close race for Ortiz, who is well known in that district. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, every vote counts, my friends. Every vote counts. Uh, House District 2, that's uh, Rebecca Hemshoot, 
versus Kenny Scaffelstat, the non non declared, non partisan, I guess, candidate. Him shoot with fifty six percent of the vote, handily going back. Andreas uh, Andy Story uh, is going back. She was unopposed, ninety five percent of the vote. House District Four, Sarah Hannon, seventy nine percent of the vote. That's in Juneau, going back. Uh, Benjamin Vincent and Louise Stutes. This is this is where the sadness begins for me. Benjamin Vincent and Louise Stutes. Uh, Louise Stutes, fifty seven point seven one percent of the vote. Kodiak, what is up with you people? Seriously, I'm asking for a friend. 57.71% Louise Stutes going back to, at ease Louise going back to to the house. Uh, In House District 6, a good piece of good news, uh, Sarah Vance, almost 54% of the vote. She is going to be going back to Juneau to represent. Uh, so that's uh, good news there for House District 6. House District 7, Ron Gillum, defeated by Justin Ruffridge, 52.71% of the vote. Oof, surprising. Ben Carpenter, uh, und- un- 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 uh, unopposed and undefeated. I guess both of those words would have worked, but I was looking for unopposed. Uh, Undefeated at 96%. Um, Laddie Shaw beats out the Democrat uh, David Schaff in House District 9, 55%. House District 10, John uh, Craig Johnson uh, is going to go to Juneau. Uh, Mike Insolaco, the Libertarian, at 5%. Carolyn Storm, the Democrat, at 41%. That's a good, I think that's a good, uh, good even though we didn't get a chance to talk to Craig Johnson, um, and we only actually got called back from uh, Mikhail Insolaco. So uh, it's uh, it's good. Um, in the race for House District 11, this one is going to be Interesting. Walter Featherly, the nonpartisan, with 43%. Julie Columbe with 39%, but Ross Beeling in at 15%. Uh, so the question is, how do these votes break? Um, again, 43% for Featherly as a nonpartisan. Julie Columbe at 39, almost 40%. And Ross Beeling at 15, almost 16%. So assuming, well, we know Ross Beeling is going to be eliminated. So what were his second place votes? Were his second place votes for Julie Columbi or for Walter Featherly? That's the question. Uh, Julie only needs 11% of that vote. And since she's a Republican and Ross Beeling is a Republican, uh, I would say probably pretty confidently that she's got a very good shot of taking this seat, but we won't know that for two weeks. Two weeks. House District 12, Jay McDonald, Calvin Schreggie. Calvin's going back, unfortunately, uh, from my point of view, unfortunately. Uh, 57% for Calvin Schreggie. Kathy Hensley and Andy Josephson. Damn, this thing was so close. 50.85%, 49.02%. Now, that's with 100% of the precincts reporting in, but 
I don't know how many absentee ballots are in this district. The the difference, Andy Josephson got 2,396 votes. She got 2,310. So we've got a difference of 86 votes out of almost uh, just over 4,800. So how many absentee ballots are in this district? It looks like at this point that it could be Josephson. But if absentee ballots come in, it could, it could, it's close enough. It's close enough. With 86 votes as a differential, we'll have to see. Um, but again, Andy Josephson going in there, no friend of the PFD, he. Uh, all right, uh, Nicholas Danger, Elise Galvin, House District 14, Elise Galvin, handily smokes Nicholas Danger, 64.42%, 65 rather, 0.42% for Elise Galvin. No chance of making that up at all. Uh, Denny Wells and uh, Tom McKay in District 15, House District 15. Tom McKay, of course, uh, a legislator in that uh, in that district with the redistricting and everything. Uh, but he is uh, going to have to stretch. Denny Wells at 45.06%. Uh, Tom McKay at 39.9, almost 40%. But David Ibeck is a Republican, again, like McKay. So the question is, did his 14.58% of his voters that voted Republican, did they all rank the red? If they rank the red, Tom McKay may be back in the catbird seat. But if not, oof, lots of races that are too close to call. Liz Vasquez uh, gets, uh, gets, gets beat down, gets the beat down from Jenny Armstrong, who is, well, um, let's just say Jenny is an interesting cat. Let's just put it that way. Jennifer Armstrong, the Democrat, House District 16, 53.4% of the vote. Um, House District 17, this was the Zach Fields, uh, Harriet Drummond. Zach Fields is back. 56.40%. That's an interesting race there. Uh, In House District 18, David Nelson is ahead with 43.85% of the vote, but Cliff Grow and Lynn Franks, both of them Democrats combined, have 56% between them. Uh, and so Cliff Grow is the second, meaning Lynn Franks is going to be eliminated. And the question is, how many of those 323 votes that went to Lynn Franks are going to go over to Cliff Grow? I imagine a lion's share of them. So it looks like right now that Cliff Grow is going to take House District 18. House District 19, Wyatt Russell and Genevieve Mina, uh, Russell Wyatt and Genevieve Mina, uh, 73% Genevieve uh, walks away with that one. Uh, in District 20, we've got uh, Andrew Gray, the Democrat, who we had on this program, and I thought was a very interesting, it was a very interesting um, discussion. If you didn't get a chance to do it, you can go back and look in the past podcast and listen to our interview with Andrew Gray. But he did agree to come back on the program and talk with us uh, in the future. And I think that's pretty good. 52% right now, uh, which means that's an outright win. 
Uh, and he is, he's got a healthy enough lead here that it doesn't matter how many absentee ballots, he's still going to walk away with a 52%. Uh, he's going to win that one. The House District 20. Forrest Wolf, Donna Mears, Forrest Wolf, 51% in that two-way race. Looks like Forrest Wolf in District 21 is going to walk away. Uh, Stanley Wright in House District 22 is the clear winner there at about four or five percentage points uh, against Ted Eyscheid in House District 22. House District 23, Jamie Allard taking it 62%, nearly 61.80% of the vote going to Jamie Allard for House District 23. Uh, then you got uh, House District 24, uh, Sharon Jackson, uh, Daryl Nelson, Dan Sadler. Dan Sadler at 53%. Unhappy. I am un I am unhappy with that. But the people of that district have spoken. These are the same people that voted for Kelly Merrick, by the way. Uh Delana Johnson in House District 25, beating Larry Wood at 78%. House District 26, Kathy Tilton, 81% against the Libertarian candidate Daniel Stokes. House District 27. Uh, David Eastman eking out the victory at 51.73% uh, over everybody else and uh, doing well in a first round, uh, first round uh, a win. Not enough. Again, it's not, there's uh, not enough absentees in the world to change that. So David Eastman going back from House District 27. House District 28. Uh, this is a four-way race amongst Republicans, and uh, you can see this thing. Uh, this thing's going to be a hot mess. Four-way race amongst Republicans with uh, Rachel Allen, Jesse Sumner, Jessica Wright, and Steve Menard. Uh, currently, right now, Jesse Sumner is ahead with 36.62% of the vote, followed by Steve Menard with 2604 Looks like Jessica Wright will be the first one eliminated at 14%. Um, and then uh, Alan Rachel, uh, Rachel Allen, rather, at um, 21%. So it just depends on how they got ranked. I mean, there's no telling at this point who might be the, who might be the winner. But uh, as of right now, Jesse Sumner is ahead 36.62%. House District 29. Uh, George Rauscher, 75% in House District 29. House District 30, Kevin McCabe is ahead, 35%, excuse me, 45% for Kevin McCabe. Uh, Mindiola, uh, Joy Mindiola is going to be eliminated at 18%. But the question is, because she's a Democrat and the other two are Republicans, are her voters going to vote for somebody else i don't know will they be bullet voters will they vote for doyle over kevin because kevin's the incumbent and they want to see him out i don't know this race is close this race is going to be very very interesting it's 10 percentage points so uh doyle would have to receive over half the um yeah over half the uh second place votes from joy but i don't know 
if they're going to rank red candidates after voting blue. This will be an interesting thing to to watch. Um, House District uh, 31, Bart LeBon, Kelly Nash, Maxine Dibbert. Dibbert at 47.53%. Now, that means Kelly Nash gets eliminated first. Do all of Nash's votes go to LeBon? I don't know. She was saying rank the red, right? It depends. LeBon could go back at this point. It just depends. It all depends on what Kelly Nash voters did in their second vote. 32, Will Stapp, 53%, an outright win against Van Lawrence and Timothy Givens, unfortunately. Uh, 97% for Mike Prax, unopposed. Greyer Hopkins and uh, Frank Tomaszewski. As of right now, Tomaszewski is winning. 100% of the vote, 50.23%, as long as there's not enough absentees to make a difference there. And there would have to be a significant number of absentees to make a difference because there's a 500-vote difference between them. Um, yeah, I think we can respectively report that Frank Tomaszewski is going to be, uh, the new candidate there. Um, all right, we're getting into the, uh, we're getting into the, I've got to, I've got to go. I just looked at the clock and realized I've got to go. So we're going to get into the next uh, bit here and then wrap up the Michael Duke show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based free thinking radio. Come out and join us on Facebook if you'd like. We'll be back with more here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Let me see. American Sadler got the Democratic vote in Eagle River. Sadly, this shouldn't be a surprise. Well, I hope people were smart enough to rank Kevin as well. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, there are about a thousand early and absentee ballots in the race. Said Frank. He's Frank is in the chat room right now. Greyer would need more than seventy five percent of that to make a comeback. Well, I'm good that my math is working. That I'm happy that my math was working. Um. Um, all these candidates forgot who got them elected in 2020. They threw the alt media under the bus and tried to do using the swamp to get their names to the vote. Um, it's the numbers make it obvious why rank choice was promoted. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I understand there's a lawsuit in district 16 race regarding the residency qualifications of the Dem. That's Jenny, right? Is that, am I right here? 16, that's Jennifer, yeah, Jenny Armstrong. Yeah, I saw that there was a thing, but I hadn't heard as to whether or not they, that that had gone anywhere. Something like she just moved here uh, two years ago or into the, di- anyway, she's, there's a problem. There's a problem there. Um, all right. I told you Nick's. I told you Nick Danger ran no campaign. I know, but I I would have, you know. 
man, I would have been like danger zone. I would have, I would have run the hell out of some commercials on that. That would have been, that would have been fun. Uh, oh, um, better showing for Vincent than I would have expected. It was not a bad, um, it not would not, is not a bad, um, showing at all. Frank said, not all absentee and early votes have been counted. I know Frank, I know not have all been counted, but in most of those races, it's pretty obvious, you know, if there's going to be enough to go, uh, if there's going to be enough, uh, um, absentees or early votes to get it done. Can you go into detail on the Murkowski Shibaka race? I'm going to have to try and do that here. Um, as soon as I finish, as soon as I finish this last, <clears throat> oh hell, where was I? I rolled back to 16, didn't I? I think I was in 30, wasn't I? No, I was in, I was down here. There it goes in 35. I've only got five more districts to go. And, uh, then we can go back and do some analysis again on the Murkowski Shabaka race. And I'll, I'll show you what my thoughts are on it. And maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong, but at least how I can, uh, uh do it. Scott Kendall countersued for Jenny arms. Of course he did. McCabe is getting hit by the Leroy Jenkins caucus. Fan. <clears throat> The first batch of early and absentee that are included in this count, Greyer received 55%. Looks good to me, says Frank. That's good to know. I know that there's a list by district of how many absentee and uh, early voting ballots are out, and I don't know. I have to go. I have, I have to go look to find where they are. Because it'd be nice to know by district how many uh, ballots are still out in the wild, so to speak. Um, everyone, go. <laughs> here's a this is a great piece of advice from Harold. I agree. Everyone, go get a state job. Um, if I'd only listened to my dad back in the day, who said, you know, if you really want a good job, you go get a state job. If I'd only listened to him back in the day, I could have given up all this glamour and gone to work for the state and been retired by now as a tier one employee. <laughs> if only, if only. Uh, Susie just posted it. And of course, <clears throat> because of my interface, I can't actually click the link. Can I copy the link? No, I can't. Um, all right. Combined ballot count report. Uh, Susie, can you email me that link, please? Me at MichaelDukeShow.com. M-E at MichaelDukeShow.com. All right. We're coming down to it. <clears throat> Sorry, folks. If I'm fading a little bit here. I was feeling pretty damn good at the beginning, and now I'm, like, starting to uh, starting to feel a little tired. I'm going to go need to take a nap when this is over. <clears throat> but overall. Much better than yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yesterday was death warmed over. Today, it's just slightly lukewarm and reheated. That's what it is. All right. Like and share. Like and follow. Let's do this thing. Here we go. 
Yeah, it's it's true. I do want to hibernate like a bear right now. So somebody, Sandy just said that in the chat room. I just want to hibernate like a bear. I mean, me too. Can we just fast forward to spring? I'm I'm already I'm I'm ready already for that to happen. Uh, all right, welcome back to the program. One final segment of the show today, and I told uh, some folks in the chat room that I try to get to the Murkowski Chewbacca. Uh, mathematics again here in just a second. But first, I want to get through the final districts of the um, of the House race. House District 35, um, which is uh, Reuben McNeil and Ashley Carrick and Kevin McKinley. That is House District uh, 35 up in Esther. Right now, Ashley Carrick is carrying that vote at 51.14%. I don't know how many absentees are in that area, but um, it's going to be hard for anybody to make up enough to make up that kind of ground since Kevin McKinley is the next closest one at 29%. That's almost a thousand. That's a more than a thousand. It's 1200, 1300 votes away. I think it's pretty much Ashley Carrick at this point in the state house, which is the former Adam wool seat. So it's not a, a switch so much as, as that is house district 36, Mike Cronk beats Fitch Fowler. The uh, Angela Fitch Fowler, 65%. Mike Cronk is walking away with that one. Bryce Edgman running undeclared, undefeated, unopposed, unbelievable. 96% for Bryce Edgman in District 37. Uh, and then C.J. McCormick running in House District 38, unopposed, 83%. 16% write-ins, though. I thought that was interesting. The 16% of people didn't even want to write. Did, no, 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 no. And then um, in uh, House District 39, a bit of a shock how close this one was. Uh, Neil Foster, the incumbent, 50%. Uh, but uh, Tyler Ivanoff, the AIP candidate, coming in uh, real, real close. Uh, I mean, we're talking like a 44-vote a difference. 44 people. Uh, Tyler, uh, Neil Foster, 50.42%. Again, I don't know how many, uh, absentees or early votes are still being counted there, but ooh, that could go either way. Um, and then, uh, district 40 is, uh, Pat Katak. Um, he wins it at 97.92%. And then the convention. Yes. <clears throat> 69. Uh, I mean, uh, ballot measure number one, the con con. 69.84% said no. A 70% vote on the no side. So disappointed. And then the judges, and of course, everybody always votes yes on retaining the judges because nobody ever knows anything about them. So why wouldn't we vote yes on the judges? And in fact, in my lifetime, I think there has been one judge that has been voted out. One judge. And um, even though I vote no on every one of them. Uh, but yep, look at that. Every judge retained. We've got to change the way we do our judges. We've got to just got to change the way we do our judges. All right. So we're going back now quickly before we run out of daylight. I want to go over this again, U.S. Senator. So here are the numbers for those of you who were missing it early on, because initially, of course, the news is, is that Chewbacca is ahead, which is great, right? Okay. I'm with you on that. Here's the problem. Kelly Shabaka currently has 44.36% of the vote. So she's ahead. 
by just under two points. Um, just under two points, yeah, because Lisa Murkowski is at 42.69%. Now, the fly in the ointment at this point is Buzz Kelly, who dropped out and endorsed Kelly Chewbacca, uh, but people still voted for him because reasons, I don't know, 2.92% of the vote from Buzz Kelly. So let's just assume that all of Buzz Kelly's votes go over to Kelly Chewbacca. So now we're talking about <clears throat> about 47 and a half percent, um, 47 and uh, yeah, 47, uh, 48% of the vote right there on the edge of 48. So that's going to be the first round, right? Buzz Kelly's going to drop off 47%. Um, uh, and because I did math before, let me do math again, just to make sure that I don't mute myself here when I do this before. So you got 44.36% of the vote plus 2.92% of the vote equals 47.28. So Murkowski is now going to be at 47.28% uh, uh, right here with that, uh, with that um, bump from Buzz Kelly, right? Okay, 47.28%. Murkowski is still at 42.69%, and the goal is to get over 50. The problem is, is that Chesbro is at 9.54%. That's just under 10%. It would mean that Chesbro voters, who are probably not going to be fans of Kelly Shabaka, because Chesbro ran on a pro-abortion, pro-gun control, pro-social justice platform. I can't see a lot of her voters marking Kelly Shabaka a second. Can you? I, I just, I just don't see that. So, even with forty-seven point two eight percent of the vote. It's still a long shot at this point because they would have to, uh, uh, she would have to, uh, excuse me, she would have to receive, Kelly Shabaka would have to receive over 30% of the Pat Chesbro votes to be able to make that happen. 30%. At 4728 She'd have to receive another 3% of that vote of the 9.54% from Chesbro. She would have to receive that amount to make it happen. Is it possible that 30% of Pat Chesbro, uh, Chesbro's voters voted for Shabaka? I mean, anything's possible. Is it likely? No. But again, this just goes to show you, folks, this was all the intent of ranked choice voting. This was the total intent of ranked choice voting from the very beginning, was to make it so that Lisa Murkowski could do exactly this, count on both the moderate Republicans and on the Democrats to be able to fill her voting poll, to fill in the ballot for her. This was like a legal, this is like the write-in campaign, only 
you know? So, <clears throat> now that you're fully depressed, I'm going to go to take a nap. And um, we'll be back tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I'm sure we'll have more analysis and more discussion. Who knows? We may take a completely different direction. I have no idea at this point. But I want you to know one thing. The sun will come up tomorrow. We'll all be here. And we'll still be fighting because that's what we do. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-Based, Free Thinking Radio. Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, that is the one thing I did not mention that I did mention in my earlier analysis is that we're still missing 4% of the precincts on this number. So it is possible that Kelly could eke out another couple percentage points, a percentage point or two, maybe. Two would be a big stretch, but it's possible. Um, but I don't think it's anywhere near possibility of her reaching over the 50% mark. Um, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, uh, here. We'll, uh, we'll keep watching and we'll have more analysis tomorrow. In the meanwhile, <clears throat> I'm going to go have a hot cup of tea and a hot toddy, and then I'm going to go take a nap and hope that tomorrow I feel as much better tomorrow as I did today from yesterday, because then I'd be like back to like a full, full work day. There you go. A whole two hours of good news would be great, says Debbie. I'm sorry, Debbie. I know that would be... That would be great. I don't know if we could do that on this show. I don't know if the, I mean, the, the earth might pull off its axis. We did that. All right. Thank you so much for coming on board, guys. Man, I wish I had gotten a chance to get to every comment today. But uh, it's been busy. So I appreciate y'all. We will catch you uh, tomorrow morning having to go through this math crap i know it's like almost like it's like slide rule calculus huh yeah yeah all right guys oh and there's elizabeth hey tell west to answer my phone call i sent him a phone call elizabeth <clears throat> it's good to hear from you and uh we love you guys and uh tell west that i said hi and uh i'm sorry to hear about ted and uh it's good to see you guys all right folks we will see you guys tomorrow right here. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.